This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Welcome to the Homeschooling with Technology show. Your host, Meryl Vandermerva, loves using technology to streamline her life and to make lessons more engaging. She is a graduated homeschool mom and teaches homeschoolers at her local co-op classes and online at fundafundaacademy.com. Whether you are tech-challenged or someone who loves technology, this show is for you. And here's your host, Meryl Vandermerva. Hello, and welcome to the Homeschooling with Technology podcast. This is your host, Meryl van der Merwe, and today in episode 194, I'm going to be talking to you about the role of parents in online classes. Now, I'm speaking to you as a teacher in an online class, and I'm just going to try and give you a little bit of perspective from the other side. Now, I have also been a parent in, an, in online classes, so um, I have played your role as well. But what I'm about to say today, I know um, I have the agreement of all the other teachers at Funder Funder Academy, the show sponsor of um, Schooling with Technology podcast. So I hope I can just provide you some perspective, um, some balance as you try to figure out where you fit in and what your role should be in an online class. I have been teaching online for a while now, so um, a lot of this is born out of years of experience teaching online. The very first thing I want to say is you need to remember that you, as the homeschool parent, are still the homeschool parent. Whether you are enrolling your child in a live online class, an asynchronous one, whether you're using self-paced, whether you're putting them in a co-op, or whether you're using some kind of curriculum at home with them, you are still homeschooling them, and you are still the homeschool teacher and ultimately it's your call as to how things go down um don't just now think that you're putting your child in an online class and you're delegating the responsibility to someone else and you don't have to be involved i think that's the first mistake that i see parents making the next thing is that your role as a parent is going to change with the age of your child You know, when you first take your child to the mall, they're probably still a baby in a stroller. When you're picking out clothes for them, you pick out all the clothes and you purchase them. By the time your child is a senior in high school, they will likely drive themselves to the mall and they will buy clothes of their own choosing purchased with money that they earned in a job. That is a huge change, but it doesn't just happen overnight. You know, it will slowly come about that they're not old enough to say, I want that color. You might give them a choice of colors of shirts they're buying. Later on, you may give them the choice of a few different outfits that they can choose between. Then they'll start to come to you and say, how about this item? And then eventually they will just be there without you making their own choices. So when your children are young and you put them in online classes, I would say participate with them as much as you can. Now, I realize you may have many kids and it might not be possible, but as much as you can, actually see what they are learning. I would advise you not to use too many online classes, whether they're asynchronous or synchronous when they're young, because it's not great to have them spending a lot of screen time. So if you are going to enroll young children in it, in, in, in an online class, you need to make sure that first of all, they need that they know what they're doing from a tech point of view. I know this was a problem for many um, people during the pandemic. I know that you know my co-op classes had to go online. Now my youngest that I teach are actually sort of fifth grade. So they weren't even very young. And even then, a lot of the students would be struggling with the technology. And I have to say to them, they say, I don't know what to do and I can't get on. And I have to say, go find your parents. So 
be close by when you have younger children using tech so that you can see when they need help, make sure they set up well. But as I said, if you can actually sit in the same room as them and hear what's going on, that would be fantastic because then you'll be able to talk to them afterwards and uh, you know talk about what they said, what they did, what they learned. Uh, if they're young and the class is fairly long, make sure that they've been to the bathroom before the class starts. Also make sure that they perhaps have some snacks so that they can, um, you know, not be hungry in the middle. Obviously, at the young age, you are going to be selecting the classes. I don't think, uh, you know, first and second grader is going to be able to know what they need or what they even would like. And you as the parent are going to be selecting something for them. As they're getting older, up into the upper elementary and middle school, I would suggest that you try and let them participate in the selection process. So, you know, you may say to them, right, I want you to do math online. And these are the three different options that I think would be a good fit for you, that we can afford, that will work with our time schedule, whatever it is, so that they start to, uh, you know, look themselves into their education, because ultimately you do want them to be able to do this uh, once they leave home to actually select what would be a good class or, you know, when they're at college as they're selecting different courses. So once they've, you know, chosen or you've helped them choose or you've narrowed down the selection for them in upper elementary and middle school, you might still need to be helping them with tech. You definitely need to make sure that they know when they should be online and you that they know how to ask questions, if it's either live or offline, and you need to check that they're actually doing what they should be doing. You'll be a little more hands-off, but don't just assume that your middle schooler is doing what they should be. And again, I would suggest don't make everything be online. You know, let them just have you know, one or two classes online. So you need to just be you know, asking questions at the end of the session if you're not in earshot as to what they learned, what they did, what they're supposed to do for homework. Just keep on top of things. Now we're moving on to high school. Now, obviously, you want to transition so that they are more and more independent. But again, there's a four years between ninth grade and 12th grade. So uh, I'm going to come up with a couple of do's and don'ts for high school. First do is make sure they know when the class is going to start, like which month, which date. <laughs> then also what time, everything. Let them put this on a calendar. Now, in episode 189, I interviewed one of our past students who also works for us, um, and Natalie shared an app that she used to keep track of all her online classes. So if you didn't already listen to that and you have a high schooler, be sure to go and listen where she shares her favorite apps. You want to make sure they understand what the expectations are. Now, if it's um, a class with uh, a teacher who's going to be grading, whether it's live or asynchronous as ours are, you, the teacher will tell them the expectations. You need to ask your child and make sure that they understand what those are. If you're using some self-paced class, you need to make sure that your child understands how long, what your expectations are. Do they have to finish this by December? How much do they have to do each day? Um, you know, is it a full year class? Whatever it is, make sure that they understand so they don't kind of say to you, oh, I don't know, because that is, <laughs> that, are, that is teens for you. They don't always pay attention. So you want to make quite cl clear what uh, your expectations are. 
still ask them what they've learned. Now, you know, you probably aren't going to want to sit in on many of their high school classes. I'm sure you don't want to learn calculus all over again. You might not even want to learn US history again. But when you're eating your meals, when you're driving them around, just as you're doing chores together, say to them, hey, how was history today? What did you learn? What did you like? What didn't you like? Still be involved. Have that conversation. You don't just delegate and leave it. Check their grades. Check they are submitting their work on time. I see so many parents who don't do that. Now, in our classes, we use Canvas as our learning management system. Their parent can sign up as an observer and they can see their children's grades at any time. The parent can go on and take a look. Um, in fact, my, my youngest went to um, a public school and they used the same thing and we had the same opportunity. We could go and have a look. You could also see if they're actually submitting their work on time. So, you know, until you are confident that your child does not need to be watched, please watch them. And if you see that, they, that they're falling behind, this is the time to come alongside them and say, okay, what is the problem here? I see you missed a few deadlines last week. Um, are you struggling with the work? Are you struggling to get it all done? And help them. Show them that, you know, you're there to be helpful. Don't, don't always just be critical and say, you know, why didn't you get it done on time? Maybe they didn't understand, or perhaps they just didn't realize how much it was. You need to help them figure that schedule out. As they get to be older, especially by their senior year, you obviously want them to be able to figure out their own schedules so that when they go to college, they can do it. And as they get to be more reliable, you maybe don't have to check their grades anymore. I know definitely that there are some students we have who the parents do not need to check them. They are highly motivated and want to make sure that they get A's. So, you know, they're on top of it. But this, this doesn't come without practice. So you need to slowly develop these skills in your children and stay involved. If your child has some kind of learning difference, this is something else that you need to work with them. They may need to learn to overcome it. Now, they're going to, if they're going to be going on to college or um, some other place, they might have been taking classes. You want to teach them how to, how to deal with their learning, their learning differences. Um, back in episode 125 and 126, I actually had um, a lady come on who was super helpful in explaining how to modify online curriculum for special needs students. And, we, and we're talking here anybody with ADHD um, or if they're just uh, hearing impaired or there's just so many different things that they may be struggling with. And she gives some really good ideas. This is also, you know, something where you may want to sort of reach out to the teacher and ask if they have any suggestions as how to modify things. I know I've had parents say to me, look, um, my child really struggles with typing, etc. I'm going to type for them, but I will tell them to dictate. I promise you it's purely their words. That is all fine. You know, if you're figuring it out or you teach them to do voice to text and then fix things afterwards, whatever it is, you need to start to, you know, you can help them more in ninth grade and slowly um, do less and less by their senior year. But if you just need to help them overcome things that have nothing to do with whether they understand the work or not um, and whether they're actually, you know, uh, listening in on the lessons, etc., help them and help them to figure it out. Also, the big do is be their cheerleader. I know mom has just told me in the last few days that her son has told her how much he's being challenged by our Python class. But she said in a good way. She said he actually seemed really excited to be challenged and to be struggling and to be working through it. Um, and I, I know that 
she's the kind of mom who will keep on top of things and she will ask him how things are going. She will go and watch him and tell him to, you know, let him show her what he's achieved. And I know she will be his cheerleader and make sure you are the cheerleader for your kids, especially if it's something hard or if they've gone over and above what was required of them. Tell them they did a great job. Um, you know, let them show you the project that they've done. You still want to be involved and care like you always have, even when you were perhaps doing online classes. A couple of don'ts. First of all, don't do the work for them. Now, it's different if you're just like typing for them because that's a real big struggle, but don't actually do it because we can tell that you've done it. I know we had um, one of our teaching assistants told me that um, the one particular class that they were grading, they could always see when the parent had done it or when the child had done it because the child's writing was so different. When the parent did it, it was all perfect English and at a much higher level. Don't do that. Rather let your child struggle and help them. And, you know, they can reach out to us for help too, but they need to do it because eventually they're going to go to college or to the workplace um, or go to a trade school and they're going to have to learn to do this for themselves. So don't do it. It's You're not helping your child at all. And going along with that, don't help them cheat. And you might think, wow, I want to help my child cheat. Well, you know, when you, the teacher asks, I know our Spanish teacher actually asks parents to sit there and to proctor the tests actually sit and proctor the tests and watch because even after asking that there are still many occasions where she's sure the child has been cutting and pasting um, and been googling for answers teach your child that integrity is important and they need to learn that that it's better to not do so well but whatever grade they're getting is an actual reflection of their ability and again rather find help if they need more help so just keep an eye on that help them to understand what plagiarizing is and don't encourage any behavior that you know is not correct. The other big don't I'm going to request from you is don't email the teacher for them. I still get many parents emailing me and saying, my child doesn't understand what you wanted them to do in that assignment. Well, why did your child not ask me? Our teachers are very kind and we will help the students. We will go back and reword assignments if we realize that two or three students all don't know what we meant. Um, you know, that's the only way we discover, oh, we were not clear. We are not perfect and we are prepared to do that. But you need to teach your child to advocate for themselves and to go and say, um, I think you perhaps graded me incorrectly because we make mistakes. Or, you know, to say, I don't understand or, uh, could you please help me find some sources for this uh, assignment? I sometimes get students asking me for that. Encourage them to email the teacher for themselves, not you, because they are the ones who are going to college. You won't get to go with them. I know our classes are definitely designed as college prep. And um, I would suggest even if you're not choosing college prep classes for your child, they still are going to have a boss one day. They still are going to need to be able to speak for themselves. So, you know, initially, if they're ninth grade and they say they don't know what to write, you'll say to them, well, I'll stand with you and you can help them write the email. That's OK, but let them send it because it really isn't helpful when a parent will say to me, you know, my child doesn't understand this because, you know, I, I need to explain it to the child, not to the parent. You know, I'm even prepared to jump on a Zoom with a student for a few minutes if, if that will help them. But again, I need to show the student and I need to understand from the student's side what the issue is. 
There are some exceptions. If the child is sick, sure, email the teacher. Um, you know, if your child is well enough, they can do it, sure. But if they are really sick, email the teacher and say, hey, my child is sick, they're going to be late with their work. If they have a learning disability and or learning difference and they don't want to tell the teacher themselves, I have had some students who've literally said to me, hey, I struggle with this. So you may find that, you know, my spelling is really poor or whatever. I will do my best and I will use spell checkers, but just wanted you to know. Um, but you can also, you can email the teacher. And in fact, either you or your child should warn a teacher if there are learning differences, because it's really hard when at the, you know, we come to November and suddenly out of the blue, we get an email from a parent saying, by the way, in case you're wondering why my child is doing so badly, they actually have this and this and this learning difference. And we're like, well, if you told us this back in August, we could have made suggestions to make this easier. So if this is a time when if they're not, if they're not comfortable yet, you can do it for them. Um, you know, also if there's some crisis in the family or something like that, that they're not comfortable telling us, sure, go ahead. They are still teens. Take that pressure off them. But when it's just a case of wanting to ask a question from a teacher, um, query a grade, they should do it. You should only get involved if, you know, your child has tried and the teacher isn't responding. They're not being helpful. That's when you kind of say, hey, you know, I paid this money. Um, could you please help my child? Obviously, <laughs> do it nicely. But, you know, there's obviously a time um, when you may need to get involved. Uh, also, just make sure, just going back a little bit onto the grades and what keeping on, on keeping up with that, please don't look for the first time at your child's grades in December. Please, please make sure, unless you can totally trust them, and if you ask them, they will tell you what they're getting. Make sure that if, there's, if they're struggling, that you find this out back in the first month of the class, because that gives you plenty of time to address it, either help your child, or get your child to speak to the teacher, or if need be, you speak to the teacher. But don't leave this till the last minute. Well, I hope that was helpful. And, um, you know, particularly if your children are in any of the funder funder classes, you know, I can tell you that all the teachers appreciate it when the students email them, but we also understand that there are those moments when the parent needs to email, um, and we would love to hear from either you or your student if there are if there's anything specific we need to know before the year starts. And if you're still looking for classes for your for your child, uh, our registration deadline is coming up soon, depending on how quickly listening to this, our classes actually start on the 22nd of August, but we do take registrations for the next two weeks. And then we do have a few self-paced classes that your child can take and start whenever they want to start those. And, um, if your children are younger, all our um, unit studies are self-paced, so you can start and end those whenever you want to. I hope this was helpful and uh, I would love to see you in our Facebook group, the Homeschooling with Technology community. If you enjoy our podcasts, please leave us a rating and review and tell your friends about us. I will see you again, same time, same place next week. Thanks for tuning in to Homeschooling with Technology with Meryl Vandermerva. Visit her at fundafundaacademy.com and homeschoolingwithtechnology.com. Homeschooling with Technology is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.